We are a global network of value-centered professionals and entrepreneurs supplying information, resources, and strategic relationships to keep ahead in our world. We seek to influence the emergence of a new generation of leaders to become aces in their different fields of endeavor. We mentor, train, and network people with shared values and aspirations. We are Ace Foundation, connecting people of like minds all around the world. Have you seen why the devil has devastated the church by strife, by gossip, by slander? The whole essence is to make sure people don't fuse. You young men, you see how you are all individually striving. The day three, four, five of you will come together and say, men of age, let's come together and have a meeting. Let's discuss business. The devil want, that's when you find all the horrors of hell will come against it. Because suddenly, you will cease to be formless. You begin to gain definition. You begin to gain negotiating power. So before, instead of walking to an office and knocking and say, my name is Harry, you now knock on that door and say, I represent the men of Ace Foundation. And suddenly you find the door sling open. Can you tell, tell me about you people? All over the world, individuals have less bargaining power than corporate bodies. So you can achieve much as a part. But hold on, that's not where I'm going. So when the father was done, the world... You know, in the Old Testament, Jesus was and is God the Word. You know, when he became the Son, was in the New Testament, when he became the only begotten of God. But from before the foundation of the world, he was God the Word. Are you following me? So God the Word steps in and now makes his impute into the work of the Father by saying, let there. So he comes into this place. He just tells me a lot about what mommy does. You know, some of you have seen her run projects outside me. You can see how she, she can walk into a place and um, I finish my job. I'm there beating my chest. And then she walks in and just shakes her head because the thing is like a whole mess to her. Well, I'm beating my chest. So nowadays, no matter what I do, I don't do anything until I wait for her to validate it before I go and make noise. She has to validate it first. So when the father was done, the word came in and made his impute. I said, there's an absence of clarity. And what you need for clarity is light. So he said, let there be light. Let there be light. Now, have you wondered, when I was growing up as a young Christian, I used to wonder, and believe me, for all of my Life as a Christian, I've not been able to find an answer to this question until just recently. When Jesus said, any blasphemy against the Godhead will be forgiven. Against the Father or the Son will be forgiven. Have you heard Jesus made that statement? But he said, a blasphemy against who? Will not be forgiven. I've asked him for all. That's why sometimes when you ask questions and you don't have answers, don't bother yourself. The time has not yet come to know. It was only a few days ago that I understood why. I was asking myself, are you trying to say that the Holy Spirit is more important than the Father and the Son? What do you mean by it cannot be forgiven? Can I explain that to you? Let me explain. You know, if I'm playing with you now, 
And um, in the course of playing and playing and playing and playing, I slap you on the back, a very hot slap. You say, ouch. You know, there are people who are like that. Just like me, like I say, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And that's, I'm forgiven. Am I right? But if I'm playing with you, I'm playing with you, I'm playing with you, in the course of playing with you, I just drop to inside your eyeball. Will you forgive me? <laughs> it's a lie. You know why I say it's a lie? Because you go blind. I slap you on the back. It's only a pain. That's where it ends. I put my finger in your eye. One goes. What kind of forgiveness? Stop pretending. You become a, a one-eyed man. I know you're a man of love, Harry, but let's tell ourselves the truth. <laughs> There's things you don't forgive. Now, why won't you forgive me? Do you know, even if, I, even if it was a knife cut on my body, a knife cut and blood flowed, and he said, ah, sorry. I say, okay. I'll go and look after myself. But when it's an eye, it is gone. It's an irreparable loss. When it's a kidney, when somebody kicks you on your groin, do you like those jokes? Now, let me explain to you. In the Trinity, in the Godhead, that is the place of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that is not seen, but he's the engine room of the Godhead. He's the doing arm. He's the one who executes everything. And you know why? The, the Bible says the parts of the body that are not comely are the ones we hold in honor. Are the ones you hold in honor because they are tender, they are delicate, but they are indispensable. I can do it with a leg. But are you going to do it with an eye? Do it with a kidney? Do it with your liver? Yet you never see them. That's how the Holy Ghost is in the Godhead. All the drama and the actions you see, you see the Father in demonstration. You see the Son in demonstration. But you can't place your finger on the Holy Spirit. You're only told it's the Holy Spirit that did that. Now, so you see in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, the same thing happening. God the Father finishes creating. The Son appears and says, let there be light. But instead of the Bible saying, and the Spirit brought forth the light. He just said, and there was light. We're not told how the light came by. So he, he, he's like your kidney that does everything and is not recognized. He's like your heart that pumps blood, but is not recognized. If I praise, for, for him to praise Harry now, I'll praise him for his looks, for how tall he is. Harry is a great man. I never praise you for what your heart does, or what your kidney does, what your lungs does. Yet that indispensable. So, to make up for that, you hold those parts in honor more than every other part of your body. So the Godhead says, you can insult the Father, he will forgive you. Amen. Do Insult the Son. But when you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, it's like the eye, the heart, the kidney of the Godhead. Say so you're in trouble. So you find in this scripture that the Holy Ghost now, how do I know he's responsible for bringing forth the light? Because even when Jesus said, let there be light, there would have been no light if the Holy Spirit did not action the word. So before Jesus made that statement, they made sure 
the Holy Ghost arrived on the scene. They had to invite him. He would never have made a statement in verse 3. Because if you roll back, you see how verse 2 ends. Before Jesus made here, they had to invite him. When he was done, creating all this confusion you see here. He spoke to Jesus and said, Jesus, this is not where we are going, but we are somewhere. He said, yes, I'm coming to fix it. But before he arrived, they invited him. Because he is the implementer, the executor of the word of the Godhead. So the Spirit of God had to come and create an enabling climate. He said he moved upon. He brooded like a hen broods his eggs. And then Jesus said, Let there be light. And the Holy Spirit brought forth light. And then the Father saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. They called the light day. And the darkness he called night. Because I would have shown you the principles, the laws of creation. How you can create and bring to birth practically everything you want in life if you apply these laws bit by bit. Let's, take, let's just run through it quickly and some other day I'll take them one after the other. But notice, so in the verse 2, the first law of creation is the law of vision. You must have a vision. Okay? Verse 4, God saw that the light was good. So what did he do? He divided the light, the light what? From the darkness. So, when you have a vision, the next thing to do, first of all, the greatest, the first law of success is to have a personal vision. Ask yourself that question, what is my vision? What is my vision in life? I'm sure a lot of people here don't know. That's why it's difficult to move to the second one. Because when you know your vision, then the next thing is to know the divisions under your vision. Are you seeing it? First of all is to create your vision. Second is to divide your vision. That's what division means. You're meant to break your vision or your life goal down into small fragments. You cannot be able to fulfill a vision that is not broken down. It's just like a child who says, I want to be a doctor. That's his life vision. But he's got to dismantle that his vision into small particles such as go to nursery school, go to primary school, go to secondary school. While in secondary school, he breaks secondary school down into small molecules called biology, chemistry, and the rest of them. He starts with integrated science, moves to biology and chemistry. He goes into the university. They break it again, dismember it. You must learn the principle of division of your vision. You must be able to dismantle your goal into small, small components. Achievable components, things you can do on a daily, on a weekly, on a monthly basis. If you can't break your life goal into daily assignments, you're dead on arrival. You can never achieve it. Never. So, God created a vision. Then, the vision was divided. 
And then notice in verse 5. God called, yeah, the light day. And the darkness he called what? Night. So after division comes what? Identification. Identification. You must be able to give a name. Name every assignment you have subdivided your vision into. Have you seen how Jesus, why Jesus recruited those disciples and he began to name them? After recruiting them, he went into a naming ceremony. Because you must give a name to every assignment you do. Because that name inspires you. That name reinvigorates you. That name reminds you of the mission you are born to fulfill. So you must conduct a naming ceremony on every assignment that you do. Very key. And it must, it must be a name that resonates with your passion and your dream. Are you following? Then he went from there. And if you read the following verses, you find him from identification. He began to sub. He moved from division to identification to subdivision. See, and God let said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it do what? Divide. So, subdivisions until you break them down into very small particles. You must break your vision down to something small you have to do every day. Now, it's only when you get to this point that you can go to verse 10. Now, look at verse 10. What does it say? God said, let the earth bring forth what? Vegetation. Plants. Now, notice this. This is the level of provision. So, can I explain something to you, ladies and gentlemen? This will help you understand the reason why some of you have problem accessing resources. Accessing seed capital to start your business, to finance your dreams. Let me show you what the problem is. You haven't gotten to the point where you can attract money. You must get to this level for provision to come. Dear friend, thank you for listening to today's message. Your life can be very chaotic and sometimes you simply want to give up hope. Want to assure you that God loves you and cares a lot about you. Put your hands on your chest and pray for you. Lord, I ask that this listener, my friend, will experience a turnaround. His life, his finances, his family, her hopes and dreams cause the change she desires to come through quicker than he or she expected. I give you praise for this miracle in the name of Jesus. The ACE Graduate School is Nigeria's premier human resource refinery, reasoned from the East as a solution to the endless search of employers and job seekers. The AGS offers to the employer high-value driven and principle-centered staff and dream jobs to the unemployed. Connect, learn, discover, become the change you wish for. Visit www.acegraduateschool.com and get enrolled today. For further inquiries, call 0816-262-8472. Thank you.